This week on Hot Girl Torah, Dara and I will discuss sororities and sisterhood through the lens of Judaism. Stay tuned. Hey guys. Hey everyone. Welcome back. We are so excited to be bringing you another episode this week. Woo! Um, We are getting back into our consistent recording and posting schedule. Um, So very excited about that and very excited to be bringing you this episode. What is it about, Dara? So today, in light of International Women's Day, which was like last week sometime or like a few days ago, we're going to talk about sisterhood in Judaism, like specifically like relationships between women and friendships, et cetera. Um, and then sorority life, because both Emily and myself are slash were involved in sororities in college. Couldn't have said it better myself. I'm really excited to talk about this topic. But first, I have a question for you. Okay, I'm scared. Did you enjoy your International Women's Day? And how did you celebrate I don't I first I need to remember what day it was. It was the 8th on Wednesday. What did I do on Wednesday? Oh, so on Wednesday, I went to a hot girl anthems soul cycle class. Okay. Did they play hot girl Torah? Um, No, but they should have. That would have been funny. They should have. But it was such a fun class. I like was I wasn't doing anything on Wednesday originally. And then I I went and I looked at the soul cycle schedule and I saw that this was a class and I was like, I must go to this class. Um, And it was completely full. So I put myself on the wait list and then I DM the instructor and I was like, hey, like, I want to go to this class. And then she like got me in, which was so nice. And it was so fun. That's great. Yeah. So that was my day. What about you? What about your International Women's Day? What did you do? Um, Let me take a look at my schedule this past Wednesday. Well, I had an exam in the morning. Boo. You shouldn't have to take an exam on International Women's Day. I agree. Um, But then I got to hang out with my friends and we uh, both men's and women's lacrosse teams won their games. So that was like a big win for women everywhere. And we had chapter on Zoom. So overall, a lovely day. And I saw all my sisters and got to celebrate with them. Interestingly enough, and I think this will be a overarching topic of conversation, is that there are really no great examples of sister relationships in the Torah at all. Like they're all pretty much like stories of sisters who are either sisters to men so like for example like Miriam who is only a character because she is the sister of Moses or like um, groups of sisters who are treated as like a unit rather than like individual people which Rachel and Leah could be considered that as well but they're sort of the one anomaly um And that, but that's it, or they're just like not named at all, um, or are just sisters in relation to the other stories. Cause I'm also thinking about like the Joseph's brothers, mm. and there's always like, there's always the reference to like the one sister, but she, I, I think know. she has like one story and it's like really horrific, and that's it. 
Yeah. So there's like no good examples. So it's just, I mean, and then it's even more interesting that it's like Rachel and Leia are sort of like the only good examples of sisters, but they like have a terrible relationship and it's two women fighting over a man. Right. Specifically what caught my eye when I was reading about Rachel and Leah is like the only example of like true sisters in the Torah um, is that they don't speak in Genesis until um, they're both married to Jacob. So like they are recognized as characters in the beginning because they're introduced like this is Leah and this is Rachel and then like the well and the water, this whole story. Um, But neither of them speak until they have both been married to Jacob. So I thought that was really interesting Mm -hmm. uh, because it basically like from that, I understand that like these women had no significance until they were tied to a man. Of course. Um, But Okay, so from the time that they were first granted the ability to speak, first, all their words relate, like, to Jacob. So Leah speaks when she names her children that she had with Jacob. Um, And Rachel um, speaks to Leah about Jacob. Like, after they are granted the ability to speak, they take it and run with it, basically, and they become the protagonists of the narrative. Oh, interesting. Okay. So hold on. Let me read and it. Like take control of the chapter and then like become the ones with the most quote unquote lines. Oh, interesting. Wow. This quote from Rabbi Julia Andelman is super intense. The women are silent, pass between men as objects without a shred of agency. The narratives focus on the men whom they own, what they do with them, whom they think they are entitled to, whom they do and don't desire while the wishes of the women they handle are deemed irrelevant. And that's, like, Mm. basically talking about, like, the entire story before the two characters speak. Mm -hmm. And then Leah names her children, but it's sort of, I mean, at least this article categorizes categorizes it as, like, she speaks as a co-creator with the divine, so it's still not 100% her, like, free will and being yeah so at some point in the middle of the story rachel and leah both begin to speak and this article says that they become the protagonists of the narrative speaking their children and the future of the jewish people into being um and it's not very recognized in genesis chapter 31 but even further like to prove this point jacob then goes on to ask rachel and leah for advice um and like guiding words from them so he then encourages them to speak um and asks them to speak uh for for his benefit basically like seeking advice which is a total flip on like the beginning of the story when jacob was the only one speaking and rachel and leah were these random characters that were just introduced and didn't speak at all wow that's super interesting actually yeah so when i was reading for this episode i was thinking a lot about the bechdel test have you ever heard of that yeah i have that's so a great 
so all of this stuff is all about like the women speaking like it's important for them to like have their own character whatever and i was like oh my god does the torah pass the bechdel test and there Mm. are a few examples so the bechdel test is when a named woman speaks to another woman who is also preferably named about something other than a man um either romantically or platonically um so really in the torah so like rachel and leah don't really pass the bechdel test because they never speak to each other i would assume about anything other than the marital issues that the two of them are having um and the only thing that really passes with super flying colors is a story in the book of ruth so basically there was a family and like all of the men in the family passed away and it was left with this woman named Naomi who was the mother-in-law to her son's wives both Ruth and Orpa um and the story talks about like the relationships that they develop after like their male familial counterparts died um and it's a it's honestly like a really lovely story about like growing growing together and like the relationships that they have um but that's sort of the only story in the torah that actually passes the bechdel test i guess another example would be like esther's like bride like bride friends or like you yeah, know what i'm yeah. talking about so yes i was just gonna bring that was like gonna be my next example of course i was gonna say like Ruth is such a good candidate for passing the Bechdel test. Like Ruth is a great story about female relationships and like familial relationships. Um, And that's honestly the only one that would ever come to mind. The other one that came to mind when you mentioned the Bechdel test was the story of Esther. Um, But upon doing some research, it seems that unfortunately it does not pass the Bechdel test as Whenever Esther is talking, it's either with Mordecai about Haman or with the king. Um, And she like interacts with her friends, but they don't talk about anything other than the king Um, and like the competition to be his suitor. So she is someone we usually refer to as like a female heroine, um, but her story does not pass the test. The only the other one I could think of would be like the judge, like Deborah the judge. Oh. Um, but I don't think that there's a situation where she talks to another woman, where she gives advice to another woman, which is really fascinating that I think in her story she's like revered as this like incredible judge. Um, like despite the fact that she's a woman, yet she is not, but into situations where she's like giving advice or advising other women. Yeah. I think I I agree. Ruth and Naomi seem like the only two who can pass. And therefore they are the reason that the Torah passes. I mean, but like, I feel like the Bechdel test is normally on like movies with like one plot and like the Torah has like a million plots. So like there's like too many stories. Yeah, I think the Torah all in all does not or like the Hebrew, but like canonical, like the Hebrew canon of like religious text does not tap pass yeah a few examples do or might but other than that no which is honestly that's on like i would expect that 
I would too. I mean, we're talking about a piece of literature in its time. Like, yeah. I would yeah. <laughs> um, when I was like looking for like all of the, when I was like Google searching or like researching like Jewish wisdom on sisterhood, Jewish wisdom on sisters, like the really only thing that was coming up was like temple sisterhood groups, mm-hmm. which honestly I found really like adorable. <laughs> like, I think that's so nice. Like, I think that because of like the lack of like text study, I think that there is about sisterhood or sisterhood wisdom or how sisters specifically should be, you know, act in ways toward each other. And I think there could be a lot to be said about like the friendship stuff that's written. But if if there's nothing in there specifically about like women interacting or like women relationships, which I think are super different than male-male relationships, which most of these stories are about. Like that, these temples have like created their own space to create that wisdom and niceness. I think that's really adorable. I agree. Our next topic that we wanted to talk about this week is Greek life and like Judaism in Greek life and Jewish Greek life. Um, so I mean, speaking as what I would call ourselves two experts on the topic, um, to be completely honest. Sarah was very involved in her sorority in college. I am very involved in mine. Um, So I feel confident that we uh, reserve the right to talk about this topic, speaking from both our own experiences and prior research. Totally. Um, So... I was in a Jewish sorority in undergrad. I was in Sigma Delta Tau at GW. And so the thing about Jewish sororities is there's, I mean, Jewish sororities and fraternities, there's a ton. And like BBYO, the organization that I work for and we both did in high school, like is also a sorority fraternity type model. Um that like model of like Jewish sorority fraternity established itself like in like the 20s maybe the oldest would either be a pi or zbt but I know zbt was founded in 1898 oh wow no that might be the the oldest one yeah I think that zbt and a pi go way back Oh, AEPI is nineteen thirteen, and ZBT oh, wow. was eighteen ninety eight. So I feel like ZBT is probably the oldest. AEPI is nineteen oh nine. SDT is nineteen seventeen. Didn't have to Google that one. Knew that one. Good job. <laughs> I definitely passed my new member test. Just kidding. We did not have those. Um, but. So a lot like a lot of the like Jewish frats and sororities were created because Jew- Jewish people literally were not allowed in the other frat like fraternities and sororities um, because they're all and like all of the traditions in both Jewish like Greek life and non not like other religiously affiliated Greek life is religiously affiliated like for SDT like there's like stuff you have to do like with like Jewish ritual which is really fascinating and like for someone that is Jewish that was super special for me um but I also know like my friends in like Christian or like Catholic sororities like they would have to like 
read Bible quotes or like swear on a Bible, like at initiation and stuff like that, which like, I know if that was, but in me for my, my situation, I would like not want to do that. Yeah. Um, I can't really speak to, yeah, I was going to say like, you can't like talk about like that kind of stuff, but can't really, yeah, I can't really talk about our ritual, but I'm a member of a non-Jewish sorority that is not Christian affiliated. It's not religiously affiliated at all. That's so interesting. Yeah. Sorry. It's not religiously affiliated at all is what I meant. Um, Although I think I can say this. We do use religious symbols in our ritual, as does every like sorority and fraternity. Like you said, just different religious symbols than yours um then i think you used um yeah. which is also really interesting um, yeah it, it just like that i think is so interesting it's also like so i was in sdt and we would con- we there was like a lot of debate and discussion about like how jewish affiliated were we um because like of course there were sisters who are in SDT now who are in SDT with me who are not Jewish and like how we were you know being inclusive to them while also like still holding into like high honor the the like the meaning it has to like be a Jewish sister of SDT like you know SDT was on the outset created you know for for Jewish women to like have a safe place and like what does it mean to like now be inclusive of non-Jewish women while also like still holding like that history like in high regard and that was like always um like a little bit of a contentious issue um especially in my chapter interesting um yeah I mean I agree speaking from a non-religiously affiliated sorority I'm in Delta Zeta um we also have discussions about our Jewish membership because we have a very significant portion of our membership that is Jewish. Um, and so even though we're not affiliated, we are often referred to as a Jewish sorority on campus. Um, and it's it's tough because like that makes our non-Jewish sisters feel a certain way and it makes Jewish sisters feel a certain way. So totally. hard place. It's a super like hard and like uncomfortable position because you're like on one hand it's like what is the big deal about being referred to as the Jewish sorority? It's like um I don't know, I feel like the norm is to like be assumed that you're like in a Christian sorority, I guess. Like that is the norm. Yeah. Um so like why would it be bad to assume that? So that's sort of like where my my confusion sort of comes from in that aspect it's also like i i think for a jewish i think specifically for jewish sororities and i think that like the other jewish sororities girls would probably feel the same way as like you're going to connect to the community in whatever way is like most meaningful for you and for me it was like super special that my sorority had this jewish history but like for a non-jewish sister it like the thing that they like super feel connected to might be uh, like our philanthropy. Like one of the philanthropies was PCA, which is Prevent Child Abuse America. Like maybe for another sister, like that is something really like deep and meaningful for them to connect to. Whereas like for me, the Jewish history was more important. And I think that, you know, it's hard to see it from both perspectives. And 
I also think it it's it's tough because it can like be it it can like draw the line of anti-Semitism like just a little bit, especially when it's like all of our sisters are Jewish. Like we don't want everyone to be Jewish, and it's like actually no, all the sisters aren't Jewish. Like it's it's giving a little bit like Jews are taking over the world anti-Semitic trope, just yeah, a little, yeah, just a little. um but I think like other than that I mean it was a great space for me to like meet like-minded girls and most of them that I became drew closest to were did happen to be Jewish and I think that's just because of who I am and my personality I'd have to agree and have the same experience yeah Um, I think just that's just how it goes (laughs) Do you think that like sororities in general are going to like last very much longer, like in society? I do. Um, I know that the abolish Greek life movement is prominent um, in the States right now. um, And it has made its way through multiple schools. Um, And Greek life is like inherently racist and like a a horrifying system that uh, I willingly participate in while acknowledging its faults and unfortunately I think it will stay around interesting Mm -hmm. I think that there are the bent like there are benefits Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that like the purpose that it serves right now, especially in like more calm and collected schools. So I think like your experience at Muhlenberg and my experience at George Washington are were very are and were very different Greek life experiences than at like super big state schools where it is super competitive to get into a sorority. Like my like I feel like my school didn't have like tears. Like it was like 30% of the population. It like wasn't nobody cared like what chapter you're in like it really was just another way to build community um and if like that's the way that you found community great um but it is like a a question of like how much can you really get to know a person in like a five minute conversation for recruitment and (laughs) I agree with you I think the system itself is really flawed but I do think like the fact that SDT specifically was founded in like inclusion and like jewish independence and freedom that that gives it a secondary like i don't know this is this is supposed to be for everybody so i don't i don't know i don't think that greek life will be be around for much longer to be honest interesting very interesting I just think in the way that the world is like going, like the way the style in which like sororities and fraternities like recruit and like get people and the secret society vibes of it all, I just don't think that the world is going to continue heading down that way. But I don't know. Interesting. Only time will tell. (laughs) Only time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Only time will tell. Thanks so much for listening to EK and I's super fun conversation on sisterhood, sorority life, and of course the Bechtel test. We cannot wait for you to listen to next week's episode and of course to check out our 
new website and swag store, which will be launching so soon. So keep in touch through Instagram and we can't wait to hear from you about your thoughts and see you next time. Thanks for listening.